It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. That would be fantastic. As a matter of fact, if you have a question for a guy who played for the San Francisco 49ers, I know a dude, and you could ask right now at 918-262-5072, and he happens to be on our hotline. Welcome in Gene Barrett, former University of Tulsa offensive lineman and for the San Francisco 49ers. Good morning, Gene. How are you? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm thrilled to have you on here. Uh, you know, you played for the Niners 73-80. to 80. Uh, So, you know, San Francisco is a, you know, they've been around a long time. I mean, they're not the Bears, but they've been around a long time, and that is a pretty traditional franchise. Do you maintain the kind of contact that allows you to be really excited about another Super Bowl? Well, I'm definitely excited for San Francisco and everything that they're doing out there. I've had an opportunity, actually, the last several years to go out and watch a couple of games. Uh, I saw two games this year uh, out in Levi Stadium, the uh, Cowboy game, which was pretty amazing. Uh, And then I also saw the Cincinnati game where it was just a flip-flop. We got killed. Uh, And it's like, (laughs) what happened to the real team? Where did those guys go? Uh, but no, I'm excited for him. Uh, so this is this 49ers franchise, as I said, they've been around a long time. I mean, I go back to the John, you know, to the, uh, you know, the days. I mean, I watched when you played, you know, and I was a big, big fan of some of those guys from that time. When you go back to your days and you see what they are now and how they've kind of evolved and come along, how does that make you feel? Well, they've done a great job out there. Of course, when I was drafted in 1972. The second round, you know, I go to San Francisco and John Brody's the quarterback, yeah. Steve Spurrier's the backup quarterback. Uh, uh, they've got guys like Gene Washington and Ted Qualick, and I'm going, wow, these guys are they're amazing. And we actually went to the first round of the playoffs my rookie year, and but then it was kind of all downhill while <laughs> I was there. I was. Definitely bored a few years too early. I should have uh, played the next 10 years when Bill Walsh came in. And, of course, that part is history. But Bill was an amazing coach, and they put together a great team there for about 10 or 15 years. Oh, there's no question about that. You know, I was going to ask about – you said you – know, I, I was – quarterbacks in that era to me, John Hadle in his time, John Brody – you know, LaMonica, Dawson, guys. I loved watching those guys play. What was John Brody like in person? John was just the proverbial prince of a guy. He was a a great gentleman. Uh, He was nice and tolerant to everybody. Uh, You know, my rookie year, they told me, I said, well, you're going to be a offensive tackle, but you're going to be a backup, so you got to learn how to play another position. We want you to learn how to play center. So I'd never been a center in my life, and all of a sudden I'm snapping the ball to John Brody, and I'm going, gosh, I just hope I don't break his hand or something. Uh, but he was always good. Uh, Steve Spurrier was, was great to be around, the gentleman. Uh, so it, they were impressive individuals. Different time, too, you know, because when I think about that area, you think about Sonny Jerkinson in Washington, uh, Joe Cap in Minnesota. A lot of those guys didn't look as much. I mean, if you look at today's athletes at quarterback, <laughs> they didn't look like Omar Jackson. They didn't look like Patrick Mahomes. They didn't look like those guys, did they? No, they they didn't. Not at all. I mean, uh, 
Steve Spurrier was a pretty good athlete, but uh, John, I don't know that he'd ever walked in a weight room for sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, that was right the last couple of years of that era when half the guys on the team smoked, and I'm talking about in the <laughs> locker room and on the airplane. And I I was so naive. I walked in and said, are you guys crazy? This is a pretty competitive game. You need every edge you can get. But, you know, my favorite John Brody story, we were in training camp at, in Santa Barbara, and we were getting down to the last week of training camp, and, he hadn't been fined. He hadn't been caught for breaking curfew. So he just went out all night and came back in just so he could say he did it. <laughs> I can see guys from that era doing that a lot more. Was it um, – I mean, the attitude now in the NFL, and you know this, because when you were up here with David and Steve, you guys talked about players had to have jobs when they came home in the summer, and that's not the case now. Yeah. So they're working out 24 hours a day. Was it – I mean, I, I know it was certainly more relaxed back then, but was it uh, – I don't know. Was it almost like uh, you were still playing in college? You just happened to be getting paid? Oh, actually, it was more difficult because you – you know, I was a second-round draft choice, and and – I made $21,000 my rookie year. I mean, you know, you, you came home, you had to get a job, but it was competitive, and so you had to work out. So, you know, I was over at the gym by 6 o'clock in the morning and working out for several hours and then uh, was fortunate enough to have a, a job where I went and uh, got a little experience in the construction industry and and then you come home and deal with your family and then get up and do it all over again. So it was, you know, it was fairly stressful for those that made it. Let's put it that way. There were guys that, you know, they would go to go out for the season. They do the best they can. And then they come home during the off season and wouldn't do anything for about three months. And then they try to get back in shape. And, and those guys invariably didn't play very long. I can see that being the case. We're talking to Gene Barrett, former San Francisco 49er, also a former University of Tulsa offensive lineman here on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse. Gene, was there a moment uh, when your career first started with the 49ers that was kind of your welcome to the NFL moment? Was, was there a time that you can remember <laughs> when you were like, okay, I've officially made it, you know, this is the big time? Well, there, that's kind of a, that's a funny question because, being an offensive lineman, when you show up the the first day, I was fortunate enough to play in the college all-star game. So I came to camp, uh, I don't know, about 10 days late. But uh, I think the first thing that happened to me on the first day of training camp, one of the defensive linemen were running a uh, punt, punt, punt return drill. And one of the, one of the defensive linemen picked me up off the ground and threw me down <laughs> picked me up and threw me down on the ground. And that was kind of like, welcome to the 49ers. Uh, but I don't know that you, you ever really felt like, you know, you, you'd made it because it's so competitive. I mean, in my mind, I felt like if you were really good, you're subject to be traded. And if you're really bad, you were going to get cut. So if you're kind of in the middle there and you're just making progress every day, maybe maybe they were going to keep you around. But every year during training camp, when <clears throat> when that guy would go around knocking on doors, said uh, the coach wants to see you and bring your playbook, uh, you know that that meant you were gone. And mm. you kind of lived in that fear all the time. 
Yeah, I I was going to ask what that, you know, because I've read a lot of older, I, mean, I, I won't say older, Gene, because I'm not going to put you in that category, but I've read a lot of books about the <laughs> no, NFL. I'm really old. <laughs> I've read books about, about players in that category, especially I go back to reading, um, um, oh, gosh, you know, about the Packers, you know, and some of the stuff sure. that, that, that they wrote. Yeah. And you would hear about the, quote, unquote, the Turk. It would come around, knock on the door, and yeah. that's what you would do. Take me inside yeah. that room like that first year. You're sitting there, and I know most most teams back then went and you know worked out like college teams. That you went to a dormitory, if you will, and you had a roommate and the whole thing. And you know they're walking up and down the floor that night. What do you remember about that? Well, they they usually did it early in the morning, not necessarily at, at night. And you knew as the cuts came and as the team got smaller and smaller that more guys were were leaving and so you you know you most guys you you really didn't know what was going on until you showed up in the locker room and the guy that was next to you practices and everything all of a sudden his gear's all gone and the locker's empty and you generally speaking never saw that guy again uh we had some guys that would get so petrified that they they'd get to their locker about two hours early just so that as if they could protect their equipment and they wouldn't take it, but that didn't work very well. They they took it. So everybody was on pins and needles because you never really knew whether you were going to get cut, whether you were going to get traded. It was, it was just an apprehensive time. Yeah, I can imagine. So you you mentioned, you know, being in a team that was good enough to go to the playoffs. What is the difference? And I know it's it's probably a little different now, but at that point, what was it like, the difference between the ramp up for a regular season game and a playoff game? Well, the preparation was pretty much the same. Uh, unfortunately for the 49ers, when I got there, <clears throat> they had a lot of mature players, they were kind of trending down. Uh, we actually had been very competitive previous uh, several years. There was a big rivalry with the Cowboys, and we had a playoff game my rookie year with Dallas. And and actually, John Brody drove us down, and we scored, went ahead with about a minute and a half to go. And then uh, Mr. Staubach got in the game, and he went down and scored, and only there was about 20 seconds left to go. <laughs> So they ended up winning the game. But the preparation is pretty much the same week in and week out. Uh, you just go through the rhythm and, and, you know, the game plan and all that, and you just, you just get ready to play. It was uh, the most difficult team thing for a team like San Francisco that's trending down. You've got older players. You've got to bring some younger players in and, you know, I was the second-round draft choice, but the first-round draft choice was a guy named Terry Beasley, which you may have seen. He just passed away yesterday. It was a very sad situation. And Terry, uh, he he his doctors suggested that he may have as may have had as many as 50 concussions uh, during his career. I know that his health has been really bad the last 25 years. Uh, and then prior to him passing away was the quarterback that he played with at Auburn, Pat Sullivan, who mm-hmm. also, after he, they did uh, an exam on his brain after he passed away from cancer, and he had, I think they said stage three CTE. So 
it was it was a difficult situation. Yeah, it was a tough time. There's no doubt about that. Pat Sullivan, of course, won a Heisman Trophy the same year that every Oklahoma fan believes Jack Mildren should have won it. And had they waited past the bowl game, <clears throat> Jack Mildren might have won the Heisman Trophy sure. that year. A couple more moments here with this man, Gene Barrett, former San Francisco 49er, former University of Tulsa player as well. So you mentioned you get a chance to get out and see a few games. Um, how tied to this game will you be? It's your team. It was your team. You're going to be pins and needles, or are you to the point now? It's like you know what? I hope for a good football game. We'll see what happens. Well, when I when I retired, you know, you'd spent so many years just living and breathing football. I I kind of uh, stepped away from the game and didn't pay much attention for about ten years. And then the last ten years, I've gotten uh, much more interested in it. Enjoy watching the games. Uh, uh, my brother lived in the Bay Area for a while and had season tickets to at Levi Stadium, and so we would go out with him and and see a couple of games. And so you get more involved, and and I'm I'm excited for them. They've got a good organization. Uh, Shanahan's, you know, it's hard to be too critical of him because of what he's done the last several years, uh, getting to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl and everything. Uh, sometimes I think he's too. Con- conservative but no i'm ex- i'm excited for them and and uh hope they do really well they're gonna have they had a really tough game with with kansas city i don't know how you Mahomes <laughs> just is amazing oh yeah there's no question about that uh, before you go a couple of kind of superlatives or things that w- could be in today's you know we talked when you were here with the other guys how different offensive line blocking is today how much better would you have been, and you were a really good player anyway, how much better would you have been if you could have blocked the way they do today, Gene? <laughs> I think that would have been a lot better because <laughs> we, we had such a disadvantage because mm-hmm. we were taught to block with our, basically with our face, and you weren't really taught to hold over. You did a little bit of that, but you tried to do it on the inside, these guys today, they, the first thing they do is grab them around, you know, almost bear hug the defensive lineman. Well, the first couple of steps that defensive lineman makes kind of tells the tale whether you're going to stay in front of him or whether he's going to get around you. And if, if you can stop that, then you've got a heck of a chance to, to control the defensive lineman. And, and you see it all the time. Uh, it's almost like sumo wrestling nowadays. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have that opportunity. I would imagine occasionally get a little jealous. And when you watch today's defensive players, you know, when you played, there wasn't a, a certain, I think, any called a ru- you know, an edge. Yeah, they had defensive ends, you know, and guys like Alan Page, and, you know, you, could, you can go on and on and on. Defensive linemen, like, and that was inside, you know, someone like Merlin Olsen inside, Bob Lilly inside, but, you know, a, a Larry Cole on the outside. Great players. But when you look at today's players on that edge, who would you like to have a shot at in your prime, and who would you go, nope, I'm out. I don't want to even play against that guy. Well, you're talking about playing against the guys today? Yeah, if you were uh, yeah, in your prime, if you could uh, take yourself back to your prime. I, I don't want to play against any of those guys. <laughs> There's <laughs> there, there some really good players. I mean, I I had an opportunity uh, I, uh, to train, you know, with San Francisco. I played against Cedric Hartman every day. I mean, here's Cedric, 6'3", 245, runs a 4'5", and I think he could bench press about 400 pounds. I mean, so it was 
it was great personal training for me, you know, but then the, the league has just changed so much because guys got so big and I don't know that they were focused as much on speed, but now I think it's gone back. It's going back the other way where yeah. you see these edge rushers coming in. But I mean, when you look at some of these guys like, uh, uh, Watt, TJ Watt and, and these other edge rushers, uh, they're really good. I mean, they, they come off their hard. They've got great technique. They're, they're strong. Uh, so it, it would be challenging. And it is, I mean, uh, that uh, player was it last week for for uh, Kansas City that's been mm-hmm. the most penalized offensive lineman <laughs> in the league. Not a not an award you're really looking for, but uh, it's it's difficult. And if you don't keep your feet moving and get in front of the guys, then you're gonna you're not gonna do well. Yeah, I know that. But I know you were also pretty light on your feet too, so <clears throat> always taller and thinner than some of today's guys and that I know that absolutely helped you. Well Gene, you're a, it's a treasure to have you in Tulsa. I'm blessed to call you a friend and, and you're a great ambassador for the NFL. I know you had players association dealings for a long time and for the University yep. of Tulsa as well. Yeah. Uh, still active with the players association, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and so yeah, I I really love Tulsa, love being here, love the people here, and and I'm just really appreciative of people like you and what you do. Well, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, that's very nice of you to say. I really enjoy having you on. I, I appreciate that. Enjoy the game. Don't be too nervous. Uh, just you know, uh, try to watch and just have yourself a good time. We actually we got to get uh, you with our program director Jeremy Poplin. He's the biggest Niners fan I've ever known. You might have to block him a few times during that pregame. Well, I can promise you, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. I don't. I've gotten more involved the last couple of years, and it's it's hard work being a fan. <laughs> it certainly is. Gene, thank you for your time. Have a good Friday, my friend. All right, you too. Thanks, Rick. You Appreciate bet. it. You bet. Gene Barrett, former offensive lineman of the University of Tulsa, and for the San Francisco 49ers. He is a tall, thin dude now. Played it a little bit bigger than that, but I, I think Gene today, he can hold his own just fine. 824 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Olson in the other studio. All right. We know that Daryl Starbird's National Rod and Custom Car Show is coming back for its 60th year. 60 years. It's going to be here, before you know it, actually, February 16th through the 18th at the SageNet Center in Expo Squares, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. We're going to have Richard Rawlings from Gas Monkey Garage out there. Evil Keneal vehicles are going to be out there. There's going to be a demolition derby out there. They're going to have the freestyle hooning. If you don't know what that is, you'll have to look that up. The outdoor cool car corral will be there. They're going to do a chop shop on on, on you know in person while they're there. And we have some tickets to give away. As a matter of fact, we have two pair because we forgot to give one away yesterday. <laughs> It's happens. Fault. It's my fault. Uh, Bryce tries to keep me straight, and his, I'm always goofing it up. So what I wanted you to do is be callers number one and two at 918-879-1170. That's all you do. 918-879-1170. Oh, I just saw this. Pinstripers, tattoo artists, rock and roll, and pinup girls. Hmm. 918-879-1170. Be callers one and two, and let it ring because Bryce has got something he has to do here. And then we'll get you a pair of tickets to see the National Daryl Starbird Rod and Custom Show. It's 60th presentation brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. That comes from O'Reilly? 
comes from the auto show and it comes from us here at the Blitz 1170. The Blitz text line is always open. 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tulsa will be on the road to face one of last year's final four teams. They'll be at 20th-ranked FAU tomorrow. Tulsa's coming off an electric win over Wichita State on Wednesday. Tip-off is at 5 with a 4.30 pregame over on Big Country 99.5. And tomorrow night at the Maybe Center, the ORU Golden Eagles look to get their third win in a row as they'll be hosting the University of Denver. Tip-off for that one is at 7 o'clock. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. Armed by Souls in the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Certainly, we had some people just do that, as a matter of fact. Just gave away our, our sets of tickets for the Daryl Starboard Rod and Custom Show, the 60th annual. That is a thing. You know that it's spring in, in, in Tulsa when the Home and Garden Show happens, when the Boat Show happens, which is going on right now, and then when when the Daryl Starbird show is here, that's just what you know. So we had a couple of winners, and that one. Thanks, guys, for calling on that one. I put them both on hold while Bryce was uh, doing uh, his sports update, and both of them. When I answer the phone, is it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you get a chance to win. So thanks, and thanks again to Gene Barrett, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, for being here with us, and former 49er. Uh, but man, what a what a what a terrific guy! And if you don't know a ton about the background of some of the former players here. In those days, who played in the NFL, it's easy to kind of miss that. But Gene was yeah. a heck of a player for eight years in the NFL. And he talked about Brody because I, I was fascinated by Brody when I was younger. And John Brody was an All Pro. He was an he was an MVP, and a dude who he's as uh, he said never walked into a locker room. That's what <laughs> quarterbacks were like back then. They're not you know Mahomes. The picture of Mahomes the other day from the locker room. He's getting all the garbage because it's a dad bod, yeah. right? And he is. He's getting a lot of a, a lot of garbage about that. That's what these guys look like. I mean, if you saw Joe Cap walk out in a field, you he's a quarterback. <laughs> it's just not the way guys look. And Jurgensen specifically, because Sonny Jurgensen, if you if you want to go look up old film of that that era quarterbacks, which I love, every football Jurgensen threw fluttered. I don't think the guy threw a spiral in his life. <laughs> I'm sure he did because I didn't see every game. But you know, a lot of back then, a lot of those Washington games, especially against the Cowboys were on, and I watched most of them because, you know, that's what you saw, and I was a Cowboys fan back then. So you watch those guys, and you realize, man, those guys, they didn't look the same. Joe Capp's passes didn't look the same. You know, Brody was a little different. He was a little bit more polished. So was John Hadle, who, by the way, was the last quarterback to – any idea? Uh, do the drop kick. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good guess. <laughs> it's not quite that old, Bryce. <laughs> that's <laughs> – <laughs> When you put me on the, the spot, drop like kick? <laughs> for God's sake, I'm when not you put talking me on the about the fifties. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't put me on the spot like this, Rick. You're gonna well, get some of these a lot. When, when will you learn? <laughs> yeah, there's a promo there too. Uh, well, and you know, here's the thing: I don't expect you to know. I, you, I, you know, again, I've, I've said this on the air. I'm not made, trying to make Bryce look silly. Nobody's going to know what that is. You know what? I'll give you. It's entertainment. It's, it's 8:33. I'll give you until 8:40 to text 918-262-5072. What was John Hadle, the last quarterback in the NFL, to do? 
and you're going to you will rack your brain on this one and i bet somebody knows i know i bet jeremy knows if he's listening 9182625072 neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line what was he the last one to do hey i want to remind you uh, when it comes to things to do this weekend the oilers are in town all weekend Tonight is American Heart Association night because we're wearing the, you know, the Go Red for Women Day. So if you will take your – you go out there tonight, first thousand fans get a red rally towel. Uh, Utah's in town for the whole weekend. And then tomorrow, it's Free Oilers Beanie Day. First thousand get a Free Oilers Beanie. Okay? And then on Sunday, it's Sunday Fun Day, which we traditionally tell you about here. That means that you can go out and skate on the ice with the players after the game. They'll hang around and skate with you. You can do that, take your own, or you can rent those there. Tomorrow's also, I mean, Sunday's also Spider-Man Day. I have some characters out there. And the first 500 kids get a mini hockey stick. So that's the Oilers, which you can always find right here with the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. All right, so I'll, I'll get to that there in just a moment about what that was. But I mentioned a second ago that uh, I think this is fantastic. SpongeBob is going to actually be the opener for Nickelodeon's Super Bowl broadcast. Now, this does come from a SpongeBob episode, so let's just get you that episode. Squidward? <laughs> I love Squidward, this is, this is peak television, it, by the it way. It is. Squidward is the conductor, if you will, and then SpongeBob is going to sing Sweet Victory. I'm not going to play all of it, but that's what you're going to get. You're going to SpongeBob doing Sweet Victory, which obviously uh, Bryce was aware of. Thank, yeah, God bless you for that one. My childhood. I'm a big SpongeBob fan myself. Mm-hmm. All right, it is uh, 8:36 here on the Blitz 1170. That, of course, is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Interestingly enough, um, I've got a stat here about the draft and quarterbacks, and the reason I have this is because it goes back to a 2018 quarterback class. That was just fantastic. Mm. So if you think back to 2018 and all those guys who were drafted, only one of them has ever made a Super Bowl. You know who that is? Yeah. <laughs> In that class, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Lamar, and Rosen, Josh Rosen. Gosh. Okay. Chosen Rosen. Uh-huh. Nice career at UCLA, complete mm-hmm. bust. When's the last UCL quarterback that had a great career as a quarterback? Because you think about some of the guys they've had, and they've Aikman? almost, they've almost, yes, but even he's really, he's an Oklahoma guy than an yeah. UCLA guy. That's absolutely true. You go past all those other guys they've had there, and, you know, there have been yeah. some really good players, and they just have not made it in the NFL. Yeah. It, interestingly, they have not. 
The only guy to make a Super Bowl in that class is Sam Darnold. <laughs> and it's on the back of Mr. Irrelevant. Isn't that something? <laughs> That's, you I just, thought, you just never know no. how it's going to pan out. No, I, just, that was such mm. a wild stat when I saw that one. All right, so at 838 on the Blitz 1170, if you don't know by now, I'm going to tell you, John Hadel was the last quarterback in the NFL to wear a number higher than 19. Oh, okay. Quarterbacks were, you know, yeah. 19 and under. He wore 21. Wow. Played college football at Kansas, where he wore the same number. And they just don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And to your point of the last person to actually um, have a drop kick. Yeah, I, th- I thought of this. because Did we, you look it up? N- no, I, I immediately remembered um, an old Heisman winner that did it in the NFL for one play, like very recently. Doug recently. Flutie. Yeah. In 2006, <laughs> for Bill Belichick's New England Patriots against mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins. Very, now, a very rare occurrence. Now, uh, if you don't know what a drop kick is, this was fairly common in the day. Yeah. Rather than snap to a holder and hold and kick, they would snap directly to the kicker, who would literally hold the ball as even as they could, drop it, and then try to contact it the instant it hit the ground so it was, if you will, quote-unquote, standing. Mm-hmm. It is still legal. So we need to bring it back, Rick. <laughs> I don't think to, so. We need to encourage this. <laughs> I don't think so. Because, again, when you Google it, like you see a lot of black and white images, and then you see Doug Flutie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the yep. thing. It's like we need to bring this back. Make it more uh, common. It has been a long time. Mm. 840 on the Blitz 1170. We're behind a break, right? Yes. Okay, so we need to take this one, then we'll come back and take another one, then come back and take another one. (laughs) So let's do this real quickly. (laughs) It's been fun. (laughs) Yes, it's been quite a show. We still have some uh, other really cool notes to get to, and we'll do them next year on The Blitz. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. Griffin Media is back with Thunder Friday nights tonight as Oklahoma City will host the Charlotte Hornets for a 7 o'clock tip-off. You can watch that game on News on 6 now and Channel 6.3 Tulsa. Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn is being hired as the next head coach for the Washington Commanders. He's been the D.C. for the Dallas for the past three seasons. The Cowboys ranked in combined fifth in points and seventh in yards. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. A sunshine cloud mix underway now, but increasing clouds midday through afternoon, and the winds will start to pick up out of the south at 15 to near 25 miles per hour. This is out of a storm system that will bring wet weather into the area late tonight and then off and on through the weekend. High temperatures today near 69. Late tonight, showers and storms approaching from the west. We'll have these off and on tomorrow with south winds and highs into the mid and upper 50s. From the Bob Mills Weather Center, I'm News 9 is Alan Crown. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. 844 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. He is Bryce Hulse as we close it out for a Friday here on the Blitz 1170. Fun show. Thanks very much for being here. Just had uh, Gene Barrett, former offensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers. Played with some great, great people there in San Francisco. Uh, you can hear that. It'll be up on our podcast and be on our social media and all that. And actually, there's going to be a, a video a little bit later on uh, with Gene out on that. Also, thanks to Danny Boyle Connor for stopping by here today, along with Monica Martin from the Day Center. Danny was here for Channel 6 and the Coca Cola patio 
over here from the, the News on 6 and folks KOTV. And Danny came in, and we talked about not only what they're doing tomorrow, which is really cool. It's the big talent contest they do. He's one of the judges. Zach Hansen is one of the judges. They they had 150-plus entries, and kind of it's called, kind of like a Tulsa's Got Talent. Had to pare that down to 10. And then he and Zach Hansen, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the other lady, is going to be the judges. And, I, you know, I was going to say this, and I didn't. I learned a long time ago, never judge something. I yeah. judged a baby contest once. Oh goodness! Once, <laughs> once, and the that's tough. Com- oh, you don't have a clue. <laughs> the comments and the side eyes I got from I didn't know I was going to make it out alive, and I was <laughs> dumb enough to go be the only judge. Oh man! So I couldn't even pawn this off on anybody else and go. Well, I voted for your kid. Yeah. I couldn't even do that. I was the only clown up there. And I learned, oh yeah, I learned right there, don't you ever dare judge a baby contest unless you just like torquing people off. Mm. If you like making people mad, have fun. Other (laughs) than that, no thanks. Can't do it, won't do it, but Danny's going to do it. And he said, I'm going to be the nice judge. He's going to let Zach Hansen be the mean judge. (laughs) Don't be mean, but it's tomorrow night at 6. If you make a bit of a donation, you can get in. They hope to have around 500 people there, and they do a lot of great services. But then Danny... If you missed it, told us the story about Angelina Jolie coming to the house. You know, the Outsiders House musical is coming out. They previewed it in La Jolla, California, and Danny got to go out along with S.E. Hinton, and they got to watch the, the musical, and, and he wasn't sure, you know, exactly how she would respond to it. And, he, you know, he, he asked her, and <laughs> this is funny, you'll hear this later, he asked her, hey, did you really think ever, you know, when you did this all that time ago, it would become a musical? And she said, yeah. And he said, really? And she said, no, stupid. Of course not. <laughs> As he put Come it, she, did, she does not suffer fools. Uh, anyway, the, the crew, the cast, came to the house. They wanted them to experience it, which I thought was really cool. And then they're getting ready to go to Broadway, by the way. And then Angelina Jolie, whose daughter really had the passion for it, is one of the executive producers, and she showed up. And the cool thing was, they didn't close. I thought they closed the museum for They didn't. She had a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. But she and the rest of the cast just wandered around the house. Danny said yeah. there were usually easily 15 to 20 people there. Yeah. And he said one or two po- people he thought kind of figured it out, but nobody bothered her. Or any of that kind of thing, which I thought was really cool as well. Anyway, they stopped by and talked about that and some of the other things they're doing at the house and then talked about the uh, Day Center's uh, competition. So you can find that. You'll be able to find out a bit later on. All right. So I love at this time of the day to, to get some notes. Oh, by the way, I did have a text at 918-262-5072. That's our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line because I said, who do you like to hate watch? I mentioned that because the Chiefs are now the most hated team in football. Right. So you either love them or you just want them to lose big time. Uh, Scott sends, being an OSU alum, anytime Oklahoma loses is a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I kind of expected that would happen, and I'm sure there are going to be some Sooner fans that would do the same thing and just the opposite of that. But I love closing with some other notes. All right. Do you Bryce Saltz? No. And here we go again. I know I'm throwing you under the bus. But this is more modern, right? Who is the Chiefs' leading rusher in postseason history? Now, remember, they've had great players. They've had Christian Okoye. They've had Mike Garrett, who was in the Super Bowl. You know, Marcus Allen played there. Yeah. You know, so who's their leading rusher all time in the in the playoffs? Goodness, uh, I'll I'll just say uh, Pacheco. I'll say that he's already gotten there. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> four hundred fifty-eight playoff yards. Good guess. Pacheco's only seven back. He'll pass him this. This he'll pass him now. Yeah. At uh, four hundred and fifty-one, Marcus Allen at three eighty-six. Okay. 
A lot of people don't even remember he played there. Right. <laughs> Damian Williams at 355 and Clyde Edwards Alaire at 220. Edwards Alaire. I was trying to yeah. think. And well, some of the other guys. Like this, I'm, and their run. You don't think of their running backs for yeah. the past five or six years. You don't. Yeah. Why would you? Because yeah. <laughs> you got Mahomes and Kelsey. And, and if you see that <laughs> pic, the picture that we're talking about, it just makes you even more angry to, to see that stat. <laughs> it does. Right? That's what the guy said when he tweeted. He yeah. goes, seeing this picture of Patrick Holmes makes me even more mad people can't talk, tackle mm-hmm. him. You know, and you think about to the Mac, Mike Garrett who did play in the Super Bowl, but then I don't think, uh, or in, in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, but I don't know that. Did Christian Okoye even play in the playoffs? I have to go back to the actual numbers. I I always want to think of like Dexter McCluster and stuff. Yeah, some yeah. of the guys that went through the rough years. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. You happen to know Patrick Mahomes, and this is going to be kind of a Chiefs Patrick Mahomes. We got several mm-hmm. notes. You know how what his record is in indoor games? Uh, five and two. Thirteen and one. On yeah, so thirteen and one. Three hundred six yards a game on average. Thirty three touchdowns in those games. Three interceptions. And a 68% completion percentage. <laughs> Jeez. He is the first quarterback, Mahomes, in NFL history to start four Super Bowls before the age of 30. Insane. Don't know that'll ever happen again. Uh, let's see, what else? Still got a couple of years. Yeah. With his win in the AFC Championship game, he has 14 career postseason wins as a quarterback. That is more than the following players combined. Josh Allen... Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and Tua. It's a very talented new age of quarterbacks. Isn't it? And there is just, without a doubt, a, a single guy up ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. And hate him if you want. He just does what he does. And, you know, yeah. honestly, we played the, the section yesterday where Kelsey was on with Pat McAfee and then Mahomes stuck his head in. And they had that he just looks to have a good time and like he's a really good young man. Sure. Now, I saw another story about his wife today from a stadium worker that said she's the worst human he's ever met. <laughs> nice. I don't I don't know. I don't well, you need pretty. opposites to attract, right? I, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> All right. See, I, we also mentioned defense, and the Chiefs in the last four years have had the best defense in the NFL overall. Here's some, and we talked about before about, you know, if you're a really good football team, do you win more with defense or offense? All right. Most games allowing 28 or fewer points in NFL history. History. In a, in a season. 2023 Chiefs, so this year, 20. Number one. They're still in the playoffs, obviously. Number two, the 2000 Ravens, 19. Big time. Won a Super Bowl. Number two, the 2002 Buccaneers, 19. Won yeah. a Super Bowl. Also tied at two, 2005 Steelers. 19 touchdowns, won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and the 2010 Packers, 19, won a Super Bowl. That's a good trajectory to be on. Five, I mean, four teams, and Kansas City's already there, but the four before them all won the title with allowing the fewest touchdowns. Big time. So the best defense. Say what you will about offense. And this defense of the Chiefs has allowed three fourth-quarter points during the entire playoffs. That is all. And that's not it. They have allowed points on only 7 of 30 drives in the playoffs. Think all you will about Mahomes, but if you think about these games, and he is great, those those games have not been the highest scoring, but yep. they're winning. Yeah, And they're winning because defense. they play defense. I don't know if you saw this story or not. It was really cool. Mark Andrews, former Oklahoma tight end, uh, plays for the Ravens now, was on a flight 
to, I think it was Phoenix, when there was a medical emergency on board. Lady was mm. having trouble breathing. <clears throat> she couldn't, um, she was getting a little bit delirious, if you will. There was a doctor and a nurse. She had a weak pulse, and they were trying to figure out what was wrong. And Mark Andrews was right there, and he asked him, he said, hey, does she have low blood sugar? He said, I'm a diabetic, and I have a testing kit. That's what it was. Wow. She was diabetic and wasn't able to tell them because she was suffering. And the doctor and the nurse in that pressure-packed, fast situation couldn't figure it out. Andrews recognized that's what happens, pulled out his diabetic testing kit. They tested the lady, were able to simply get her blood sugar back to normal, and she survived, was taken off the plane, it's going to be fine. But And they, who knows whether they would have been able to sustain her or would have figured it out. But because Mark Andrews was there, they did figure it out. That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, that's that's ridiculously nice. 854, got to take one last break real quickly here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys will host K-State tomorrow in GIA. These teams have already played once when the Wildcats won in Manhattan. Pre-game starts at 12 with a 1 o'clock tip. You can list all of it here on the Blitz 1170. The Pokes will be without Bryce Thompson. He tore his labrum Tuesday night against KU and will have surgery. Head coach Mike Boynton said Thompson will likely miss a lot of time and could be out for the season. And tomorrow, the 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be back on the road after Tuesday's win at Kansas State. This time, they'll be in Orlando to take on the UCF Knights. Tip-off is at 3 p.m. That's the Wonder World Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Always do. We've had some callers today. They were calling and doing things like winning prizes today. How about that? Hey, I want to remind you, we're nearing the end of the Triad Eye Institute helping us with, as a matter of fact, this is probably about the final. Well, we've got through the weekend to do this. It's called Valentine's for Veterans. Make some homemade Valentine's at home. Uh, make them any way you can, uh, and then maybe have the kids do it on the weekend. Drop those off at any Triad location. They're all over Oklahoma. Just find them at triadi.com. Drop them off at any location, and you'll have an opportunity to have us. We'll, what we'll do is we'll collect all those, and we'll give them to veteran centers and VA hospitals and things and get those out to veterans who might not have that kind of contact. You'll find more at thebutztulsa.com slash valentine. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Rick Corey and Bryce Sauls as we close it up. All right, so without football, now I know we have the Pro Bowl. Uh, well, yeah, what the, what passes for that, the skills competition. Baker Mayfield did well yesterday. Did you see the centers trying to snap through the holes? Yeah. <laughs> Jason Kelsey hit a couple of them. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, deep snapping is hard. Oh, yeah. And these dudes are remarkably good at it, yet, I mean, they were little tiny spaces <laughs> for them to get the balls through, and it did not precision. happen much. Yeah, but you'll have some of that this weekend, some of that to watch. Otherwise, it's a lot of college basketball and an opportunity to kind of reacquaint. I, I say reacquaint. I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm a football guy, right? So I love college basketball, and I watch, but it's really until, until football's over, it's really kind of with just, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now you get into it. <laughs> and, you know, especially if you're Oklahoma fans who are playing, they're playing really well, you go to a tough place. You know, let's just hope at the end of that they don't have to turn to somebody and say, Pour me something tall and strong, make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. It's five o'clock somewhere.
yeah, it's been a long week. It is Friday. Hope you enjoyed this weekend. Going to be glorious weather. Get out there and do that. Next up is Dan Patrick, followed by Rich Eisen. And in the show with Pop and Colby, we'll see you back here Monday for another edition of the Morning Blitz.